What's up, everybody? This is the Disciple Makers Podcast, and I'm your host, Dave Stovall. Today, we're going to be hearing from Josh Binks from E3 Partners. We were made for multiplication. We're made to become disciples of Jesus and then turn around and make other disciples that disciple others. Are we really doing that? If we were faced with someone who like genuinely didn't know the gospel and we had to tell them what the gospel was in 10 seconds, could we do that? That's referred to by Bill Hall as the elevator gospel speech, by the way. This episode today focuses on those questions. We're listening to Josh Spinks of E3 talking about the basics of training others and how to share and disciple others. Let's listen in to Josh as he speaks into us today. Enjoy the episode, everybody. My name is Josh. I'm so glad to be here with you. It was a pleasure to be with discipleship.org back in the fall uh, to share with you some of the things that God has shown us as an organization over the years, just to share some of that with you guys as you are seeking to pursue multiplicative practices in the ministries that you lead. But before we get started, let's have a word of prayer. Ryan, you want to pray for us? Yeah. Father. Lord, we thank you so much for the weather you give us, Lord, uh, the safety you give us to travel here, Father, Lord, the, the good things, Lord, your uh, your truth and your word is being taught. And Father, we just ask that, um, Lord, that we'd be able to encourage one another, love each other, Lord, and uh, press forward together, Lord, for your glory and so your kingdom spread. Lord, pray that you multiply all of our efforts, Lord, as they honor you. Yeah, we do ask you to bless each one here in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So let's first get started with, let's pick a partner. So find you a buddy right around you, and this is a person that you're going to hang out with. You're going to talk. You're going to interact. You're going to share your deepest, darkest secrets with this person. Now, I have until 1130. Is that correct? No. <laughs> we got one hour to do a whole lot of work, all right? And so this person that's going to be your buddy in just a minute you're going to walk through some an exercise together just to kind of see where we are when it comes to multiplying disciples in our communities and in our influence. As I said a while ago, my name is Joshua Spinks. I work with an organization uh, that, uh, that goes by E3 Partners. Has anybody ever heard of E3 Partners before? One, two, three. Let me ask another question. Has anybody ever heard of I Am Second? A few more. All right. So E3 Partners is the... the the mother organization of I Am Second. I Am Second is our digital ministry that's really an entry strategy to try to reach the masses, but also E3 Partners is a church planting organization. We have strategy in 90 countries around the world. But what we discovered over the last couple of years, and COVID really brought this to light. Does everybody remember COVID? Yeah? Yeah, it was quite a headache. And uh, that's right. It was, man, it was difficult on the, the church to try to figure out how best to serve a community that was suffering. And what we discovered through this, Barna did some research, Lifeway did some research. And in fact, Lifeway published his findings at the beginning of last year that said that less than 10%, less than 10% of the evangelicals share their faith more than once a month. Now, that is uh, damaging news to hear, and we wonder why there is a regression, or it feels as though there's a regression of the church in the North American context. And so, E3, along with other organizations across the country, try to think, what can we do? What can we do to reinvigorate the North American church 
to get after it when it comes to beating back lostness in a community. And so the Made to Multiply initiative <clears throat> is our North American strategy. What we're seeking to do with the North America, uh, with uh, the Made to Multiply initiative is to see that one million, turn to, turn to your training buddy and say one million. All right, that one million North Americans are trained in how to share their story, God's story, and make disciples. Because if less than 10% of evangelicals are sharing their faith, that's an issue. And what we're finding, the reason they're not sharing their faith is not because they don't see that it's needed. Most of the time, it's because they don't know how. We do trainings literally from sea to shining sea. Last year, our Louisiana team did 20-some-odd trainings across the state of Louisiana, And what we would do at the beginning of these trainings when we worked with a church, we'd ask them at the very beginning, share the gospel. You got your training buddy with your training buddy, share the gospel. And then we would be quiet. We wouldn't say anything, and they're trying to share the gospel. And by and large, at every training that we do where we ask them to do this, by and large, most of the people in that training don't have a clue in how to share the gospel in a meaningful and a precise way. They know what the gospel has done for them. They know what it means to follow Jesus, but they don't know how to communicate that. And so Made to Multiply is seeking to train a million people, North American believers, how to share their story, God's story, and make disciples. And so this is our endeavor. So what does that look like? What what could that potentially help us with? If I were to do a Made to Multiply training at our church, if we were to take a Made to Multiply initiative in our community with our ministry, what could that potentially look like? in a month, in two months, in 90 days. And so this is what I want you to do. Has anybody ever heard of five parts, four fields strategy? Has anybody ever heard of that? Raise your hand. Yes. All right. So let me just walk you through this real quick, and this is going to be our exercise together. If we look at Mark chapter 1, starting in verse 14 through 39, we see that Jesus begins his ministry, right? Right there at the beginning. And what you're going to discover in, that, in those few passages of Scripture, in just those few verses, is that Jesus puts forth a strategy to beat back lostness. Now, let me ask you a question. When you think about, in the grand scope of things, all the churches in the U.S., how many, of you, how many of those churches do you think have a very intentional strategy to beat back lostness? Would you say that it's greater than 90% of those churches have a strategy to beat back lostness? No. Would you say it's greater than 50% of those churches have a strategy to beat back lostness? No. I mean, just think about your own churches that you may serve in. Is there a clear and concise strategy to systematically reach and engage lost people so that lost people can come to faith in Jesus Christ and those people who come to faith in Jesus Christ then begin a discipleship process, journey, so that they can make disciples? And I would say that, yes, some churches have it, but by and large, most of our churches are doing this by happenstance. And so this is a, this is a cool thing. This is awesome. Turn, us, turn to your train buddy and say, hey, there's a cool thing out there. Jesus shows us how to do it. He demonstrated how to do it, and it's right there in Mark chapter 1. If you'll notice, as he goes from city to city, he's coming into lostness, right? And so what does he do first? He enters. At the count of three, everybody say, enter. One, two, three. Super simple. I mean, you have to do that first, right? He prepares the people that he's about to share the gospel with. 
The second part of Jesus' strategy is he gospels, or he shares good news. He teaches about the kingdom, right? The third part of that strategy is he makes disciples. We see that he calls disciples to himself, and he's pouring into them. The fourth part after that is he gathers them. In this particular story, or in this particular episode of Jesus' life, he gathers at Peter's house. And the fifth part is he develops leaders. He turns them loose to start doing some of this on their own. Five-part strategy, repeated over and over and over. And what's so unique about this strategy is that Paul looked at it and he replicated it in Missionary Journey 1, Missionary Journey 2, and in Missionary Journey 3, there's a lot of strengthening the church. But Paul repeated it, replicated it, mimicked it. So let me ask you a question, because this is a room full of smart theologians, right? If you're a smart theologian, raise your hand super high. (laughs) We're all in the same boat then. I'm a simple country bumpkin from South Louisiana. But if Jesus did it, and we see that Paul mimicked it, then it's a good idea that we should do it too, right? If you think that's a good answer, just raise your hand. Yes, easy peasy, lemon squeezy, right? So a good way to do this. Oh, yeah, I'm folding up my... Now let's get to the four fields part. Think about those five parts. Now let's see it in the illustration we call four fields. You are going to love this because you're going to get to see my artwork on display. And let me tell you right now, it's impressive. So far, so good. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, so let's just pretend that this is a farmer. He's got some straw in his mouth. And he's getting ready to do some work. Does anybody in here have a green thumb? Okay, let me ask a different question. Has anybody in here ever farmed or planted or gardened before? Yes. How did it turn out? Good? Good? Uh, Anybody else good? Was it good? No? No? Not good? Close? All right, so think about a farmer. What a farmer does is he goes into an empty field. He enters into that field. And he is going to do things to prepare that field. He's going to make sure that it has good soil. He's going to make sure that he cultivates that land, that it is ready. And once that land is ready, then he is going to seed it. And he is going to seed it generously, right? And he doesn't know how it happens, but somehow it does, right? All of a sudden, it starts to sprout up growth. He didn't cause the growth, but what he's going to do with that growth is he's going to tend to it. He's going to make sure that it has sunlight. It's going to have nutrients. He's going to watch over it. He's going to be a good farmer. And then once it produces fruit, he gathers that fruit, right? He bundles it. And then any good farmer is going to save some of that seed so that he can send it to a new field so that it multiplies over and over and over. Think about the five-part strategy that we talked about a while ago. Entry, gospel, disciple, gather, Develop leaders. Now, this is what I want you to do with your buddies. Everybody got a buddy? If you got your buddy, take your buddy by the hand and raise their hand super high. Take the next 10 seconds. That's all you have is 10 seconds and give them your entire life in 10 seconds. Take off, go. Tell them your name mainly and where you're from. All right. That was a little bit more than 10 seconds, but now this is what I want you to do with your buddy. I want you to think about the ministry that you're involved in, all right? So let me just pinpoint a few of you. Tell me, 
Brother Phil, I know you. Tell me a little bit about what you do uh, for ministry with Nexus. All right. Everybody get this dude one hand or one clap. Good. All right. So in the back, what do you do for a ministry? Oh, everybody give Nate one clap. All right. And then right here, tell us what you do in ministry. Give her one clap. Good. Let me get one more. What about here, brother? What do you do? Evangelism. Oh, one clap for this guy as well. Now, this is what I want you to do is with your training buddy, with your buddy, I want you to think about your ministry for just a second, all right? What are you doing in this field right here? Entry. How are you preparing? So let's just think if your field is Indianapolis, and I want to see that lostness is beat back in Indianapolis. What am I doing to prepare that field? That could be, I don't know, food pantry. That could be prayer walking. How am I cultivating that ground to prepare it for sharing the gospel? All right, so think about with your buddy, your ministry, what are you doing for entry? Take off, go. Back and forth. How are you preparing soil for entry? All right, let's hear, let's hear what we got. So let's start from maybe a couple uh, of our training partners on this side. What are a couple of things we're doing to prepare fields on this side? Uh, the church house that we adopted three low-income neighborhoods. Okay. Uh, we, the ones that are single parent and kids, we play games with them. The senior citizens, we cook them breakfast and do bingo with them. So they're ready to hear when we come about Jesus. All right. So play games, bingo. I am certainly going to that church. All right. Uh, breakfast. That's awesome. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Give me a, another one from this side over here. Something that we're doing to prepare fields, to cultivate ground, to make sure that it's prepared. Try to live the faith so people can see. All right. See that it's lived faith. Uh, faith. I'll, I'll piggyback off that one. Okay. We're engaged in things outside of the church. So to, to live by faith, but in a community setting. Okay. Sport, sports, uh, stuff outside of work, our workplaces. Too. All right. All right. Good. All right. So we got a couple over here. What about over here? What are a few things that we're doing to cultivate ground? All right, good. That's good. Know what you're working with. Know what you're diving into. Very good. What else? We're in the community. We're just touching with people. All right. Personal. All right. Prayer walk. All right, so let's get maybe an answer from the back. Next Monday night, we start uh, conversations and a uh, hot dog stand at our Little League field. Yes. There's approximately 400 parents, grandparents, and children that come through. 100 people tonight, Monday through Thursday. It's a no-brainer. Awesome. Hot dogs in Little League. Fantastic. Uh, somebody give me one more. One more. I think you got enough room to squeeze one more in there. 
I, I, it's not for me, but uh, back home of our pastors, I'm starting to see the entry. Now, now that I'm looking at it through this lens, I'm like, that's what he's doing, whether he knows it or not. Um, he's got like a uh, rental, like an Airbnb, but he's, he's catching people on the bounce and they're like drug addicts and stuff. But it's, a, it's almost like a halfway house place. He's providing um, food and, and rehab, basically, for people that he doesn't know, and he gets to know them that way. Awesome, awesome. So think about field one, entry as a way that we are doing our best to show the people that we're trying to win with the gospel that we care, right? That we love them, that we're not people who are disconnected or seeing them as a number or seeing them as a project, but they're actually people that we deeply love and care about, right? All right. So then we also have to think about that if all we did was play games with them and nothing else, what kind of eternal significance does that have, right? Or if all we ever did with them was give them a hot dog at a baseball game, well, the concession stand will do that if you don't, right? There is no concession stand. <laughs> That's right, all right? But you, you understand what I'm saying, right? If we're the church and we are to be about multiplying disciples, if we're to take the Great Commission seriously, who can quote Matthew 28, 18, 19, and 20? Anybody? It says this. Jesus said, all authority is given unto me both in heaven and on earth, right? I'm the big boss. I'm in charge. Therefore, go and make hot dogs. Go and play bingo. No. He said, go and make disciples, right? So all of this is part of a strategy so that we can get further down the road, so that we can get to gospel shares, right? So now what I want you to think about with your training buddy, with your partner, how are we using this, whatever your field one strategy was, how are you using that to get to a gospel share? So take a few minutes, go back and forth and learn how you're sharing the gospel with these different uh, approaches. All right, take off, go. All right, all right, so let's hear it. All right, so the reason that we play games, the reason that we serve breakfast, bingo, live out our faith, right? Um, engage in society or uh, personal engagement, study, the reason we study the community, give out hot dogs, or even open up our Airbnb is so that we can share the gospel, right? So how are we sharing the gospel? So whether it's a tool that you're using or a way that you're tracking, how are you sharing the gospel? Let's start with maybe a couple answers from over here. Huh? Prayer. Okay, so, all right. So we're praying with people, which leads to a gospel share. All right. What else? All right, your story. Good. What else? Building relationship. So that would, that would kind of be a field one that leads into field two of gospel share. Oh, that's good. Three circles is a wonderful tool to share the gospel. What else? Alpha. Elephant class? Alpha. 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 alpha class. All right. Is, I'm sorry. I, I like too much loud music when I was a teenager, and I have a hard time hearing now. And now I have children that holler all the time. And so al, my, my Greek is, does that look, is that right? Al, alpha? Okay. All right. What else? So tell me a little bit about alpha class. How does that uh, gospel do you get to the gospel in Alpha? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. People are coming. People are, are are coming in a very safe place to bring their 
your questions and doubts and things. And yeah, dinner. The gospel is, yeah, dinner, meals. It's a 10 week course involving dinner, in which you work your way through the, the you know, story of creation all the way to you know, Pentecost and get a chance to go on a weekend retreat where you get a chance to have, uh, you know, uh, Surrender to Christ and spirits, you know, empowerment. Fantastic. Fantastic. I like I like the yeah, sound. Episcopalian put it together. Nice. Actually, nice. Anglican, yeah. There you go. There you go. Yes, sir. All right. Good. Yes, ma'am. Uh, well, oh, sorry. Yes, sir. I, I live in a country in Columbia, and I just told people I wanted to do the sacrifice. Uh, and, and people said, well, we don't have any time. I said, I want to read through the Bible and, and highlight. And, and, and they said, we don't have time. And then came time to start the groups and the people that I talked to talked to other people and sent other people to me and we started. And then we got another guy in my group and, and he's at work, he's an engineer, he's at work and everybody always comes and sits, you know, and talks to him during the breaks and and uh, he always has his Bible open, you know, he's a Christian. And one guy said, well, I don't read the Bible to you. Yeah. And so, uh, and the other guy said, yeah, I want to do it too. So now he's got four guys and one guy's kind of on the fringe. And Fantastic. What? And so you're using the Bible, reading the Bible to, sh to share the gospel. They highlight, and, and then we, when we get together, we just have them share their highlights. Good. And so that also can go down here as well. And I'm going to show you that in a second. So very good. Man, thank you so much for that. All right. So, man, so we got kind of a, a half, half the answer, half the answer. Anybody else got some answers from this side of how we're sharing the gospel? Yes, sir. Uh, my church is a rural context, and so one of our uh, people said, what about Hispanic migrant workers? Who cares about that? Hmm. Nobody. So he started inviting them over to his house, and uh, we had Mexican meals, play soccer in the front yard, and I brought a missionary who was bilingual, would preach the gospel with a paintboard and stuff, and just trying to invest in their lives. Uh, dude, paintboards, man. Sharing the gospel. <laughs> Sharing the gospel with a paintboard. Awesome. All right, so you're using soccer balls and Mexican food, queso, <laughs> praise God, right? And then you're using paintballs. So very good, man. I'd love to hear that. Yes. I got one more. I, I got arrested for speeding, and they, they wanted me to bail out, and I said, no, I'll stay. Nice, nice. Hey, growing where you're planted, right? Growing where you're planted. Fantastic. I'm not gonna uh, I'm not gonna endorse that plan in, in here, but yeah, that's great, 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 well, great I plan. Know <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Where I live in Chicago, I mean, 30 miles over is the norm, and we know that 35 miles an hour is when they stop. <laughs> That's right. Well, you know, I was in Atlanta, and I thought I was going to get ran over for doing only 10 miles over. And so, yeah. All right. So, anything else for gospel shares from this side right here? Oh, yes, sir. Romans Road. And you said the Navigator Gap? Oh, you're going to have to show me that. And that's the bridge is different than the navigator gap? Same thing. Same thing. Okay. All right. So thank you. what about from the back? Anything different than what we see up here? No? Good. All right. Awesome. All right. So you're seeing how Jesus is helping us build a strategy, right? Super simple. Now, this is a question that we got to think about. What happens when we pray with somebody, share the gospel, and they say yes to Jesus? I'm not saying what we do. I'm not saying what the American church does. Right? Wish him luck, right? So now what I want you to think about, when God gives increase, what strategy, what is contributing to the strategy of making a disciple? 
How are we getting them into a one-on-one relationship or a one-on-three relationship where they can begin to develop in the likeness of Christ? Where they begin to understand the authorities in their life or the Word and the Holy Spirit and how to live in obedience to them. So think about what you're doing in your ministry to fill out this part of the strategy. All right, take off, go. Back and forth with your partner. All right, here we go. You ready? Now, I will tell you, the North American church, man, we nail this. We nail this. We can, sh- we can love on people like it's nobody's business. We know. <laughs> well, initially, we make a good impression, our first impression, right? All right? And then when we get... That, that's right. And then here, at least corporately, we know... Uh, our churches can share the gospel. Now, individually, we're struggling because we're not equipped, but we have all kinds of tools. We have tools coming out of our ears and how to share the gospel. But when we get to here, this is where the disconnect takes place. It's because what we want to do, and this is not your story because you're at a disciple-making conference. This is something that you're chasing after and doing in your own context, and you're maybe trying to find a way to get over some barriers or some obstacles, but you're in the fight, Right? But in a lot of times, what we're, (laughs) hey, well, brother, I tell you what, they got a lot of folks around here that is ready and willing to step in and give some insight. But most of the time, what we find here, the disciple making process in a church is, let me introduce you to my pastor. Let me introduce you to my Sunday school teacher. And by and large, the church the brothers and sisters, the priesthood has abdicated her responsibility to participate in the kingdom expansion. So my question is, when we think about this, what are we doing to empower God's people to make disciples? So here we go. You ready? What are we doing in field three from this side of the room? And you know what? Y'all been going first, and I love you guys, and y'all are beautiful, but let me start in the back. What are we doing in the back to make disciples? Uh, Getting to the word. Very good. All right, let's start on the, what about over here? Inviting specific people together. Sp- All right, specific. Specific. There. Sorry. Micro groups, okay? I was doing so good until specific. All right. What else? Small Okay. All right. So you're trying to teach them obedience, right? Through small, teach them obedience through small steps. Sunday, if they come to Christ and then maybe come on Sunday, there's no guarantee they're ever going to do anything. That's right. That's That's good. Yeah. So you're dripping it a little bit at a time. That's good. That's good. All right, so any, another answer from the, and I probably didn't capture that very well because my space is limited, but that's good. Did I, that's specific, yeah. That's right, yeah. It's special, that's what I meant, that's what I meant, special, that's special. That's all right. Any other approaches on this side? I'm going I'm to get, anybody? Generational mentoring. Oh, that's good, man. We take people with us. Yeah. All right. So, oh, that's good. So, would you say modeling then? Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's good. 
<laughs> Good. That's right. Awesome. All right. So now here. Yes, sir. Okay. Getting them to serve. Yep. All right. Very good. That's awesome. Anything else? All right. So it's not bad. Not bad. But let me tell you, tons of answers, tons of answers. And then when we get here, not you guys, of course, but what we find is a lot of churches really struggle. Like, I, I, I don't know. We tell them to come to church on Sunday. We tell them to go to Sunday school. Hopefully they get there. But there's no intentional approach to seeing that a new believer moves from not looking like Jesus to looking like Jesus, where they stay on milk and never get to meet. All right, now this is what I want you to think about now, because this is going to challenge you a little bit. I'm just going to ask you to talk with your buddy about what does your gathering look like? How do you gather them? And your answer, your knee-jerk answer is going to be, well, we have a Sunday morning gathering. I would say that's more of an entry strategy in our culture because any Tom, Dick, or Harry can come to Sunday morning, right? We want our disciples to come here, but how are we intentionally gathering them with other believers? So think about this as one-on-one discipleship or one-on-two, one-on-three, and think about this as intentional LTGs. Is that what you call it? Think about that here. How are we getting them into a community of practice? Not just a large gathering, but a community of practice, a community of obedience. So think about that with your partner. Think about that with your training buddy. What are you doing to get them into an intentional community of practice where they're obeying what they're learning in this discipleship practice with a group of believers? All right, take off, go. Take off, go. All right, here we go. Now that was a little bit more difficult maybe uh, to walk through, but let's let's hear what... Just collectively from all three sections of the room, what are we doing for intentional gathering so that we can build a community of practice, a place where we cast vision to disciples who are making disciples? What are we doing for gathering here? That's good. So you're gathering those leaders together in the for mentoring and coaching? <laughs> Developing relationships. Okay. What else? We have an affinity group that is our, our moms, they call themselves the transparent moms, and they they encourage each other by one, at confessing their struggle, but two, you know, hearing the other come along and say, you got it, you can do this. Uh-huh. That's really neat. That sounds really cool. And it's a Facebook Messenger group. What? So they do it all day long. Nice. A bunch of ladies on social media. Oh, my, that's my wife's world. She would have a blast. That's very cool. All right. What else? Family small groups. Some music to my ears. Okay. Three. T- <laughs> yeah, so... You put it out there, you get the <laughs> 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 Hey, why did you trust the bank that came 
Oh, I'm so glad that you want to know more about three-thirds. Come back to one of our other breakout sessions. We're going to dive deep into three-thirds. But I'll give you a little commercial before we go, though. I'll give you a little commercial before we go. All right? Is it 9 a.m.? That's our 9 a.m. one? Good. All right? You're leading that one, right? Yeah. All right? So very good. Now, here we go. I'm running out of time, all right? They told me that I had to be done at 11. <laughs> yes. All right. Good. I started early. I, I got so anxious. I started 15 minutes early. Yeah. All right. Here we go. You ready? The last one. Now, this, this is so key. So I, I served as a pastor. I started pastoring when I was like 19 years old. And the hardest thing from 19, now I'm 39, I've been working with the church. The hardest thing to find in the church today is people coming up to teach Sunday school or to take leadership in aspects of the church. Does anybody else struggle with that? Uh, was I the only one? Or is that, if you, if, you, if you struggle with that, raise your hand. Yeah, it's tough. All right, so now, how are we part of this strategy, right? If we're going to do what Jesus does, how are we developing leaders? How are we turning people loose to chase after and start things like uh, transparent moms? How are we turning people loose to do ministry in our church? So how are you developing leaders? Take a minute with your buddy and talk about what you're doing to develop leaders. Take off, go. All right, here we go. You ready? I know I'm cutting you short on this one. That's okay. All right, so what are we doing? What are we doing? Developing leaders. And just think about it this way. What are we doing to work ourselves out of a job? What are you doing to work yourself out of a job as a pastor or as a ministry leader or a church planning network? How are you working yourself out of a job? What are you doing to develop leaders? Huh? You have to lead. Okay. All right. So you got to get out of the space so that they have to do it. So launch them, right? No, 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 not launch them. Step away from them. All right, leave. Yeah, you, you can go somewhere else, whether it's a different room or a different project, and they have to to sweat it out. That's good. That's no, I'm talking like you got it all. So go. So this delegation is not going to be here with you. Release. Trust them that they can do it. So release authority. Just turn them loose. Good, and then delegate. Yeah, I, I share on the, the delegate. Our life groups share share leadership responsibility. So after a certain point of being in a life group, it becomes an expectation that you will take a turn leading the group, leading the conversation, so that you know you can do it. That's good. Good. What else? Debriefing those those instances as well, or getting feedback on that, talking through whatever has been given responsibility. Good. What else? Tra train them. Good. With, with mentoring. Let them fail. There you go. <laughs> that one. Let them. Let me fail, boy. I've been fired million for failure. So I'm here giving response. Say that again. Room for failure and actually give them. Give them room. Good. Some of it's finding their, discovering their passion, their giftedness. Okay. And then unleashing them. Where they do it all. That the Holy Spirit works. Okay. Holy Spirit's going to empower all of this, but very, very key, right? All right. All right. Y'all see that I've run out of space. All right. This is fantastic. Now, think about this. 
every part of Jesus' strategy is important to beating back lostness in any given community, right? So uh, your rural church, uh, where is it located? Lansing, Michigan, all right? Uh, where, where are you serving, brother? Dallas. Dallas. <laughs> that, I can't stand the Cowboys, so they need a lot of Jesus there, right? <laughs> what, what about over here? Columbia, all right, fantastic. Give me one more location. Where are you at, brother? Carmel, Indiana, all right? So think about this. If we're going to be back lostness and wherever God has us planted right now, then we should follow his strategy, that we should have a plan for entry. We should have a plan to share the gospel, how we're going to share the gospel, when we're going to share the gospel. We should have a plan to do something with the fruit that God gives us. If we don't have a plan there, then why would God give you fruit? All right. And then how are we going to take this fruit and put them into a community of practice, a community of obedience? And how are we shaping them and molding them and making them into the leaders that can go to if they're in Lansing or if they're in the Columbia? What if God calls them to go to somewhere else further down the road in Indiana or to another rural community in outside of Lansing? What are we doing here? So when we think about Made to multiply. I told you a while ago that made to multiply seeks to train a million North American believers to see that they know how to share their story, God's story, and make disciples. But the goal, yeah, what we're going to do is train, but the goal is to see that our thousand are sent to the gaps. If we train a million, we believe that from that million trained, a thousand people we're going to be able to send to a new field. So if we were to come and do a made-to-multiply training with you, what we're going to do is make sure that we have a strategy that encompasses all of this. Make sure we understand what it is to enter. Make sure that we understand what it is to share the gospel. Make sure that we have a plan for making a disciple, getting them into healthy church rhythms so that they can go to the gaps. But here's the kicker. Turn to somebody and say, here's a kicker. I want you to think with your partner one more time. Think about all the millions of dollars that your church has in Lansing, right? All right? Think about all the money all the manpower that you have. That's right. All the, the, the coffee beans. What field are you dumping it into? When you think about resources that God's given us, which is boils down to two, right? Money and manpower. Money and manpower. Where is your church? Where is your ministry putting all of it? So I want you to think about that with your partner. Take off, go. All right, y'all ready? All right, here we go. So who would say that the bulk of their resources, just by show of hands, is spent on entry? All right, good. All right, who would say that the bulk of their resources is spent on gospeling? Good, all right, good. Who would say that the bulk of their resources is spent on discipleship? Good, one, one. Who would say that the bulk of their resources is spent on gathering? Leadership development? By and large, the church in the Western context, dumps all of their money here, right here. We got to make sure that we got a place nice enough to house anybody that wants to come into the community that we can love on them. We got to make sure that we have a handsome pastor who's sharp, 
who knows how to talk and knows how to spell specific, right? Preferably skinny jeans. Huh? Preferably skinny jeans. Yeah, preferably skinny jeans uh, and clean shaven, right? You can't have this guy. In a nice building like this one. That's right. But most of our resources are dumped here, and we wonder why we're not getting to here. We wonder why our gatherings, our small groups are limited or not, are shallow and not very meaningful. Everything is being dumped into here. And man, sometimes it's the building. That's a monster. That joker eats a lot of money, right? The lights and the screens and hopefully you don't, uh, the, the smoke, whatever you use on Sunday morning, right? The staff is super expensive, but the staff, we spread out abroad. But man, this eats a lot of money. And so there's very little resources given to the back force uh, spots of strategy. And so what we've got to do is we've got to see this as an integrated process. Turn to somebody and say integrated process. That if we're going to beat back lostness in our community and we're going to multiply the church over and over and over and over again, that we have to be a part of the entire integrated process. Everything we do has this in mind. And so, as a leader in your ministry, we have to get our people to think that way as well. we got to get the priesthood empowered and released to participate in this strategy with us. Right? That's what it means to make a disciple that makes a disciple in a church that plants a church. And so one of the initial steps that we want to do in this Made to Multiply initiative is get a million North American believers to shoulder height and sharing their story, God's story, and making disciples so they can participate in this strategy that Jesus modeled for us throughout his ministry and what we see mimicked by the church planters in the book of Acts. All right? Huh? So let me just give you a, 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 I would love to go through the entire training with you, but what we want to do is when we start with a made to multiply training, right? And so if you want information and what that looks like, I got some really nifty brochures they sent me with, you can, I'll make sure I give you one. But what we want to make sure, first of all, that we do in this training is that first of all, they know how to share the gospel, right? As we said a while ago, less than 10% of evangelicals around this country uh, share their faith more than once a month. And it's because they lack competence, and because they don't have competence, they lack confidence. And so we want to make sure what we do in a made-to-multiply training, first of all, they know how to share the gospel. When we go to trainings, uh, everybody say hey to Corey. Hey, Corey. That handsome young man there in the back. Man, he, he, when he comes to a training, uh, when he leads a training, he'll start off the conversation with something like this. Right out the box, after we cast a little vision and go over a few brutal facts, he'll say, what I want you to do with your buddy is share the gospel. And then they'll go back and forth. And of course, it's a colossal failure. And this is from church folks. They just don't know how to do it. And so what we want to do right out the box is make sure they know and they're equipped to how to share the gospel. And then we want to make sure at these made-to-multiply trainings that what happens if they say yes to Jesus? So a, an immediate discipleship-making tool, a disciple-making tool, immediately. And so we equip them to be able to make a disciple, that first meeting with a new believer. But that's not where the journey stops, right? Because walking with Jesus is a lifetime. And then what we want to do is teach them how to make a disciple 
Short-term discipleship that leads to long-term discipleship and assimilation into church life. And when I say church life, not necessarily institution life, but into church life. What it looks like to live alongside of Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. So in a nutshell, that's kind of what our training looks like on a Saturday. But like I said, it's so much more than just a Saturday training. It is a process that we enter into. It says 90 days to a disciple-making group. I think our disciple, I forget how we worded it in the thing, but 90 days to a disciple-making effort in your church. We want to start on the front end of an event training with what we call a pre-training rollout, where we take some of your firecrackers. Has anybody got firecrackers in their ministry? Yeah, you know who they are. And we want to take them, we want to teach them how uh, to impart some of this information onto the church. Then we want to have an event training, and then we want to see an event uh, from an event training. We want to see it catapult, become a catalyst to see your people enter into disciple-making groups that reproduce. And then we coach you along the way. All of this is biblical. It's simple so that it reproduces. And here's the best part. If you're ready for the best part, raise your hand. It's free to the church. It don't cost you a penny. Just a phone call and your time, which can be expensive. <laughs> nah. So you're talking, uh, they're coming to Columbia. Six yeah. hours? <laughs> no, I'm serious. Uh, you're talking six, eight hours every Saturday, once a week for three months? What we're saying is a few weeks leading up to an event training, an hour or two a week for four to six weeks before training, a six to eight hour training on a Saturday, and then coaching for 10 weeks, potentially a second training, coaching for 10 weeks, and a third training, coaching thereafter. And, but for that 90 days, we can get you to uh, multiplying disciples in 90 days with the training. But it's actually a 12-month rollout, and you'll get to hear more about that in one of our other breakouts tomorrow. But I'm the guy that talks about the initial interaction, the 90 days. Great question. Any other questions? So say this with me. Our training is biblical. biblical. Say it one more time like you mean it. Biblical. biblical. Simple. Simple. Reproducing. Reproducing. And say this one with energy. Free. free. Good. All right. Can I? And, and we do do this all over the world. We have strategy in over 90 different countries using the same exact The same exact strategy. All right. Well, look, if you have no more questions, I let you out 10 minutes early, but I started you 15 minutes early. But this is what I want to do. If you're interested, interested, please come get a brochure to give you a, a simple overview of our Made to Multiply training. Also, I have cards here, not with my name on it. It's got a QR code. If you want more information, if you want a phone call, hit that QR code, fill out that, and the form will come directly to me. And then this ugly bearded guy will give you a phone call if you're interested. Let me pray for you. Dear Heavenly Father, you are amazing. We thank you, Lord, that you've invited us to participate with you in kingdom impact, in kingdom expansion. You could have done anything, God, but you chose to use your believers. And so, God, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, as we seek to see our cities reach, as we seek to see our communities reach, Lord, that you would order our steps that you would give us big vision, that you would give us a clear pathway, and Lord, that we would practice simple steps. Lord, we love you. We look forward to the story that you're going to write with our lives. We look forward to the story that you're going to write with the people in our lives and their lives. We look forward to, Lord, when you're going to come back and take us all home. 
That's in Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said. All right, you're dismissed. Go and sin no more. All right. Thanks so much for listening to the episode today, everybody. Up next, we've got more from E3. They're going to be talking about cultivating an integrated process for kingdom expansion, the principles and practices that work locally, and also that work globally. Hey, I want to say to mark your calendars if you live in the Nashville area, the National Disciple Making Forum is going on tour. And the first stop is Nashville, October 27th and 28th. That's this year. That's just in like a couple months away. So go ahead and go to discipleship.org and buy those tickets right now. You're not going to want to miss it. I get the privilege of leading you guys in worship again. So make sure you come out and hang out with us. And let's learn how to become better at making disciples and how to change cultures within our churches that are shifted towards disciple making like this. All right, y'all. Thanks for joining me. And I hope to catch you on the next episode. Enjoy the rest of your day. Mm-hmm.